Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here's your host for On The Mark, Joe McGranahan. Thank you and good morning. Glad to have you with us this morning. Lynn Hall's our producer. It's an open phones day, which means that if you dial us up at 570-743-9565, you'll get right through to discuss any topic you might have in mind. we got a couple we can discuss with you, or you can come up with your own. 570-743-9565. And email us at onthemarketwkok.com or text us at 70236. But be sure to include the keyword OTM at the start of your message. On the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company, selling more cars, satisfying more customers since 1915. 4th Street in Sunbury and the Kia dealership on routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Find out more about them at www.sunburymotors.com. They sell Ford, Hyundai, and Kia vehicles. They are a premier service provider for all makes of cars and trucks, including all sizes of trucks. They have a large truck shop, a parts department, a body shop, an alignment shop, and a repair garage for all types of vehicles. They're a master towing service with decades of experience. They invite you to visit the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury, where they specialize in all types of service on vehicles, state inspections, and nitrogen for tires. They're open Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. till 6 p.m., and on Saturdays from 6.30 a.m. till 2 p.m. Sunbury Motor Company, North 4th Street, Sunbury, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Ward. Give them a call, stop in, you'll be glad you did. Sunbury Motor Company, 1915 is when they started. They're going strong today. And we do have some unfinished business left over from yesterday and earlier in the days. One of our emailers says, Joe, I know you think you're being reasonable when, during many discussions with callers, you try to see and rationalize the positions of the left. Normally, I'd agree that it's a high-minded thing to understand and to be tolerant of the person's position, even though you don't agree. However, unless you completely agree with the leftist ideology on every issue, they will not respect individual capitulation as an olive branch. Case in point, if you're black or gay and hate conservatives, you're okay, according to these people. But if you're black or gay, or you even hold a number of liberal perspectives like tax the rich, anti-gun, open borders, etc., but you happen to believe abortion is killing human life, you are kicked out of the club and ostracized as an enemy of the left. Like a totalitarian state, the left cannot withstand any question, debate, or opposition of any aspect of their agenda. If you do, you're an impediment to their goal to create a utopian society that consists of the ruling class, their subordinates, and us mindless, compliant citizens. Bottom line, you can't reason with these people. They are beyond reason. Anyone who believes that men can have babies or will not stand questioning about the prudence of immediately cutting off and banning fossil 
fossil fuels in favor of solar and wind power or thinks it's noble to graphically teach gay sex practices in school to second graders, etc., cannot be reasonable. The leftist Marxist fringe elements that are taking more and more control of the Democratic Party are sincerely anti-science, anti-truth, anti-family, anti-individual, anti-liberty, anti-American. Their dangerous ideas need to be laughed at, mocked, derided, and ignored. Well, there's one. That's kind of like the right-wing EB this morning. Uh, very interesting comments. You know, I, I, I don't find that all people on the left are that way. Uh, my son, for example, is very liberal, and he and I can have a conversation about things. We don't always agree, but we can, you know, we can talk about it, and we can accept the fact that each of us has a different view and a different opinion. But, you know, I think really, in all honesty, our writer here has really spelled out some very harsh criticisms of people on the left which maybe to some extent they deserve, but in large measure, I think he's just a little over the line. And uh, speaking of EB, she says, good morning, just a reminder for your many conservative callers like Fake News Stan and Daffy Dan that the current frontrunner for the Republican nomination is facing more than 70 felony counts. Trump didn't make Mexico pay for a wall, didn't make COVID just disappear, didn't bring peace to the Middle East, and didn't make America great again. He did, however, incite an insurrection, cheat on his wife with a porn star, attempt to overturn an election he lost by 7 million votes, kept classified documents in the bathroom of his dumpy resort, and lose a court battle where he accused, or where he was accused of sexually abusing a woman. Oh, and he's definitely going to prison. Have a great day, signed E.B. Okay, there, there's the other side of the coin, okay? Uh, we have people who believe that Donald Donald Trump is a, not a god, but let's say our savior, and those who believe he is going to lead us down the path to ruin. 570-743-9565 is our toll-free hotline number. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com or text us at 70236. And the last email that we have this morning uh, is says, since it has come to light how most people, both Republican and Democrats alike, feel about the possibility of this country getting stuck with the current vice president, some change in policy should certainly be implemented so any vice president doesn't have to be rammed down our throats as president when we had no way to select this possibility. To think it is the policy of the president of the United States to personally select someone of his liking to be his vice president. It has really come to light what mess we would all be in if the current POTUS couldn't fulfill the duties of his office of president of the United States. We would be stuck, and I mean stuck, with coming Harris for the balance of those terms. I cannot even imagine what we as the United States of America would be up against with her. She's quite the failure at public speaking for one thing, even with notes to go by and evidently has no common sense when speaking impromptu. That nonsense about looking at the stars, her liking of the yellow school bus, and her definition of a traveler who is going to travel on an airline as going where they want to go. Really? Her failure to secure the border and also her fear of actually going close to that border is another thing. She has failed to do anything that would be expected of someone who could become our leader. And that one is interesting. I, I tend to agree that Kamala Harris is, leaves a lot to be desired as a vice president. And I would, you know, I would be hesitant to vote for Joe Biden if, well, I'd be hesitant to vote for him anyway.
anyway. I'd be really hesitant to vote for him if he chose her to run with him again. Uh, but yet dumping her might cause him problems with part of his base. I think it obviously would. But in, in our writer's position, is uh, we should have some way of differentiating between the president and vice president. We used to. When the republic was founded, um, the republic or the president and the vice president uh, were just all put on the ballot. And whoever got the most electoral votes was the president. Whoever got the second most was the vice president. That worked for only a short period of time until a guy named Aaron Burr decided that he would challenge Thomas Jefferson, even though Jefferson was the presumptive presidential candidate and Burr was the vice presidential candidate. They wound up in a tie vote in the Electoral College and wound up having to have the House of Representatives decide it. Fortunately for us, they decided on Jefferson. And finally, on the unfinished business this morning, uh, this is a great story that was in today's Pen Live by John Bogie, who covers this area like a blanket. Uh, John says the State College Area School District has been accused of discriminating against parochial students and others in religious-based education institutions by not allowing them to participate in extracurricular and co-curricular activities. The allegation is made in a suit filed Monday in U.S. Middle District Court against the district and its school board. The plaintiffs are the Nonprofit Religious Rights Foundation of Pennsylvania and members who are parents of two students who attend a parochial school. The foundation and the parents, who are identified only by initials, are seeking an order that would allow students, like the plaintiffs, to participate in instructional activities in classes generally available only to district students. The state admission of the Nonprofit Foundation, based in State College, is to protect, defend, and promote the religious rights, beliefs, and opportunities and tenets of faith of its members, their families, and the greater faith community within the Commonwealth. It is the parents who live in Center County who contend the district is in violation of the Free Exercise Clause of the First Amendment and the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. They say they want the same opportunity the district provides to students who are in charter schools or homeschooled. There are certain conditions with charter school students a state college district uh, spokesperson said. The district does not comment on ongoing litigation, he added. It appears one of the students sought to play a sport because of the complaint includes a May 24th email from the district to a parent that stated in part, quote, after carefully considering it, we cannot grant your request to change our longstanding practice of not having private school students participate on our PIAA sports teams. The reason is the district has ample and sometimes excess participation for our teams, so there is no need to expand. Additionally, if we allow private school students to take part, we could be taking away opportunities from our students, unquote. There is nothing in the complaint to indicate if other student, if a, the other student was interested in a specific activity. The district is accused of discriminating by forcing students to choose between their religious beliefs and the generally available belief of participation in its extracurricular and co-curricular activities. That that, again, is a story by John Bogie uh, from Penn Live and its Dateline Williamsport. John, as always, does a great reporting job. We were talking about this education.
national thing the other day about school vouchers. This is what's going to happen, I think, if, if we don't work on building up our public education system. We're going to have this kind of peripheral lawsuit or peripheral issues where somebody who wants not to participate in our school system suddenly wants benefits from that school system. Is that fair? If the taxpayers have set something up, you've chosen not to participate in it, you've gone to another school where, admittedly, you've probably had to pay a substantial tuition to get your kid in there, but then you come back and say, well, wait a minute, I want something over here that this offers uh, that my school doesn't offer, the one I'm paying for doesn't offer, but I want to go over here and I want to take back from the public school system, from those kids who are participating there, I want something back from them. I want my kid to be able to take part in what they're doing. If you felt that way, why'd you take your kid out of school in the first place and move them to a parochial school or to a religious school? I just think it's a, it's a serious problem. I have no problem with people selecting to go to uh, parochial schools or to go to faith-based schools. That is certainly their right, and more power to them if that's what they want to do. No question that they often get a superior education in those institutions. But then don't go back to the public school system and say, gimme, gimme, gimme. It's not fair. All right, your comments are welcome. We have an open phone day, 570-743-9565. Email us at onthemark at wkok.com or text us at 70236. (laughs) Want to work for a stable yet growing company? Got it. Want to work for a family-owned business with over 100 years' experience in taking care of customers and employees? Got it. Want to work for a leader in selling more cars and satisfying more customers? Got it. Who has all that? SMC Sunbury Motor Company is looking for technicians across all their departments. Whether you're an entry-level technician, an experienced technician, or someone looking for a career change, Sunbury Motors would love to hear from you. They're looking for technicians for their quick lane, car and light truck service, heavy truck service, body shop, and frame and alignment division. You can apply online at sunburymotors.com, in person at our North 4th Street location, or call Todd at 570-286-7746. Your new career of working on Fords, Kias, Hyundais, Western Star Trucks, plus anything that fits in the door and some things that don't. Join Sunbury Motors. Your new career is waiting for you. Raising your grandchildren or loved one's children is an honor that allows them to live, grow, and thrive among family. Providing a safe, loving home is rewarding and challenging, but you're not alone. Pennsylvania Ken Connector is here to help kinship families. Ken Connector is a free resource of skilled, compassionate professionals who will connect you to services, training, and support groups. Call 1-866-546-2111 or visit KenConnector.org today. Paid for with Pennsylvania taxpayer dollars. Hey, keep your eyes on the road, but listen up, because I've got some exciting PA Turnpike information coming in hot. Get this, EasyPass can save drivers nearly 60% on PA Turnpike tolls. And as a big time road pro, I'm telling you, that's a lot of savings. Find a local retailer at paturnpike.com and get your own EasyPass today. Okay, eyes on the road, bye. Sponsored by the Pennsylvania Turnpike. July 15th will be a brutiful day in downtown Sealands Grove. That's the date for the 15th annual Sealands Grove Brewfest from 2 till 6 that day with beer, wine, spirits, and retail vendors all in one place. This award-winning festival's tickets are now available at SealandsGroveBrewfest.org. Ticket prices have not increased for five years now, and they include four hours of food, beer, wine, and spirits, tastings, entertainment, and a chance to meet owners and brewers. So visit SealandsGroveBrewfest.org for tickets and more details. 
are open 570-743-9565 email us at on the mark at wkok.com some people did earlier we don't have any new ones or text us at 70236 i have something that i really wanted to contrast this morning i'm waiting for a computer that i have here to get um, get its act together so that i can give you that but uh, yesterday christopher ray appeared before a house uh, the house oversight committee i think it was and uh, he was talking about um, well he was grilled really by the Republican congressman and defended by the Democratic congressman. So we have some interesting audio cuts from that. Hopefully we can get to them a little bit later in the program. But I had an incident, a story, another story this morning that I thought was very interesting also from Penn Live. Uh, this is about a Pittsburgh, uh, out of the Pittsburgh area. Uh, and it deals with a, a lady named Kelly Kelly Angel, A-N-G-E-L-L, maybe it is Angel. She was at home with her boyfriend and five children earlier this year when her 16-year-old daughter told her that men outside were pointing guns at her 13-year-old sister. They were not criminals or gang members. They were member, as members of the city of Pittsburgh's tactical team. A lawsuit filed in the Western District of Pennsylvania Wednesday claims the SWAT team raided the family home in Monroeville Borough on January 22nd in search of a man wanted in relation to a non-lethal shooting. The lawsuit said officers broke into their home, destroyed their belongings, and when they did not find the man they were looking for, set off tear gas inside the home to try to flush him out. The basis of the raid, according to the lawsuit, was that Monroeville Borough Police picked up cell phone location data showing the shooting suspect was in the area. But that man had never been inside the Angel's home, which the lawsuit said the officers acknowledged after three hours at the scene. As Angel ran uh, to her front door to see was pointing guns at her daughter, the officer shot several distraction devices through her windows into her living room and her children's bedrooms. Around 20 officers then broke down her doors and swarmed inside, removing and detaining her and her family members as they searched the home. Officers knocked holes in the family's walls, broke their furniture, smashed their television sets, ripped ventilation ducts from the walls, and punched air mattresses, according to the lawsuit. It took officers three hours to search the home while the Angels and their family remained outside in sub-freezing temperatures. The lawsuit indicated that, as I should say. They did not have the chance to put on shoes or coats, according to the lawsuit. A sergeant from the Pittsburgh Bureau of Police arrived later and told the family the SWAT team should, have should not have broken into their home and confirmed the raid was initiated based on cell phone pings in the vicinity. Monroeville Borough Police Detective James Monkless told Angel that her home would, uh, that the borough rather, would fix the home's doors and windows the next day. According to the lawsuit, however, nobody ever came. The city of Pittsburgh's law department told her the city would consider repairing the damage only after multiple estimates had been submitted, the lawsuit said. To date, the windows on the third floor of the house have not been repaired, and the family has been unable to clean up tear gas residue from their carpets 
floors, furniture, and walls. Um, they say a heavily damaged house, which could not be secured and was contaminated, is what they were left with. According to the lawsuit, neither the city of Pittsburgh nor Monroeville have repaired any of the damage the officers caused in the failed raid. We were completely violated because these officers didn't do their jobs. Even after they realized they were wrong, they never showed any compassion toward my children. They acted like it was no big deal. The case exemplifies the excessive militarization of routine police work. The SWAT team is a paramilitary unit that uses terror and overwhelming force. This is an editorial comment from the lawsuit to gain immediate compliance from civilians. We cannot allow these tactics to become standard police practices. The lawsuit claims the city of Pittsburgh, police officer Stephen Meskam, Monkel said the SWAT officers violated the family's Fourth Amendment rights, particularly clauses that governing the unlawful entry, use of excessive force, unlawful detention, failure to knock or announce, and damage to property, and failure to intervene. So there's an interesting story from Pittsburgh. I guess, you know, police are human. They can make a mistake. They're acting on the best information they have at the time. They go to the house. They have reason to believe the person is in there, whether it's right or wrong. They believe it. And so they do what they think is necessary to flush that person out. But in doing so, they have treated everybody else in the home as if they were criminals, too. And then, in effect, destroyed their property. Uh, why would they have to break a TV set to try and flush somebody out is beyond me. But I do think the city of Pittsburgh owes these folks, first of all, an apology, uh, which I, I don't think they gave them. And then they deserve to have their house fixed up and brought back the way it was before. Anyway, that's what we have in the way of news this morning. 570-743-9565 is our number. Are you folks awake out there today? Give us a call, 570-743-9565, or email us at onthemarketwkok.com, or text us at 70236. But be sure to include the keyword OTM in your message so that we get it, and otherwise, if you don't put OTM in there, we won't, we won't see what you have to say to us this morning. And let's see if we have any texts right now. We'll check that out. We have a number of clicks that we have to do before we get to that. I'm um, not certain if anybody has responded or not, but we'll find out here in one second. I'm still waiting for the computer to come up. I think Chris Ray, his testimony yesterday was very interesting, and if can, uh, contrasting and comparing uh, the coverage on MSN, I'm sorry, on CNN and Fox is also very interesting. So we'll see if we can get that for you in just a second, and I think we can. But in the meantime, we'll take a quick break, 570-743-9565. That's our toll-free hotline number, and you can email us at onthemarketwkok.com. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing and can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. 
Today on Hey Culligan's Smart Home, Smarter Water Softener, here's Kevin. Hey Culligan, can a smart water softener lift those heavy salt bags for me? Kevin, it can. (laughs) Wait, it can? Yup, the smart high-efficiency water softener from Culligan can alert your dealer when the salt needs to be replaced, and they'll do it for you, so your water stays soft and you stay away from lifting the bags. I mean, I could lift them if I wanted. No judgment here, Kevin. We're happy to do it, and we're already on the way. Let us help you out with a free in-home water test with the local Culligan water expert at Culligan.com. Call Culligan of North Central Pennsylvania today for all your water treatment needs and set up a free in-home water test with a water professional that knows the water where you live. Culligan of North Central Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-788-1978. That's 1-800-788-1978. Or visit them online at callculligan.com. That website again is callculligan.com. Culligan. Better water, pure and simple. Okay, now we're back. <laughs> Had a little problem there. Joe from Sunbury, you're on the mark. Good morning, sir. Yeah, I, I heard you talk a little bit about the school districts, and we can assume that I know nothing about it. But if I ask you a question, like, we do know how much it costs, like, in a public school district per student, right? I think we have some idea. It varies by school district, right? Like, you know, we put X amount of, of uh, money in for one student. <clears throat> so your puzzle is that what to do when someone from outside that school district comes in and wants to participate. Why couldn't you just charge them? Is there some, I mean, I don't know. Is there some kind of law that would prohibit the school district from saying that uh, since you don't pay in, you can pay in as a fee? I think they do that in forms of, form of tuition. Right. If they if you choose to be in a school district that you're not in, you can choose to pay tuition to that school district if they, in fact, accept people who are tuition students. Right. So if um, my uh, son would say, you know, I go to a Christian Academy, but yet I want to be in the ROTC, which they don't provide. So say they break it down and say, well, it costs us, $2,000 to provide for the children that are in the school district, so if you pay $2,000, we're all even. But that isn't exactly what this case is. This is a case where these people have chosen to go to a parochial school, and yet they want to come back and take part in the sports teams or get other fringe benefits that their school doesn't offer. In other words, right. if they'd stayed in the public school, they could have had access to all these things, but they went to a parochial school or a religious school, and they don't have access to them, so they want to go back now to, to the people that they rejected, in effect, and then ask them to let them participate. But is it, isn't my point that uh, wouldn't everybody be whole if the school district could charge them like a la carte, you know, if you want sports or ROTC or... Well, in John Bogey's story, he points out that the uh, the school district's response said they have plenty of people willing of their own students willing okay. to fill these tasks. Okay, so, I might have not heard that. I, I see what you mean there, where they can't say say the ROTC is for that the football team has 112 kids and then they get another. But if you charge them, it's all even. I don't understand why that wouldn't be a remedy to pursue. I'm not. I don't know that much about it, even how you would go about that. But uh, I'm not sure the reluctance of uh, just charging. You have 113 
kids out for school, and he's paying $2,000 a year for that. Well, yeah, but let's say they charge them. Let's say you're right, Joe, and they charge them for participation, and then they don't make the team. Or, you know, they wind up sitting right. on the bench. You know, what is it that they are guaranteed for this money that you're charging them? Uh, no guarantee. No, not when it comes to sporting events, because back in the old days, well, not, you would hope it was on merit, but some of the richer kids in town got uh, some of the prime spots. I was uh, privy to that when I was involved in high school sports, that there were people that had, uh, because of their heritage or genetics, through their father's or their father's businesses got prime spots on sports teams. But uh, no no guarantees. You can't even guarantee that for anybody. No injuries. What are you going to say? Well, you're not going to get injured? Well, of course a kid could get injured. You, you, no guarantees. You're, you're, we would like to say you're the same as every other participant that, uh, you know, straps on the shoulder pads. But you're right. If they charged for it, if they had a standard fee, then I can understand what you're saying. But on the other hand, is it fair to go back to this district that you rejected, in effect, that you said, I don't want my kid going to school here. I want them to go over here to this parochial school or this religious school. But I would like them to be able to go back here for a special class. Now, this isn't just sports. It would be like AP classes or anything that the parochial school doesn't offer. And yet, if they had stayed in the public school, they would have had access to all that. So just as a matter of principle and fairness, if you've rejected the opportunity to do those things by going to another school, should you be allowed to come back and say, hey, I want these things? Well, I would say what you're taking into consideration, first of all, I hope that uh, no school district would want to impede a, a child's education if you're talking about AP classes. I think that, I think, and I don't know that much about it, I think that the uh, school would welcome them in and say participate and elevate yourself and you may be a, an outstanding student you know in our program that we could herald and that's say, true. hey look at this program it's working out pretty well they might Where, get some benefit the school district might get some benefit by having higher higher achievement scores <laughs> right uh, i mean you know I, neither school is providing everything right one wants the christian education along with you know, AP classes, and the other wants a, a more secular, non-religious uh, application or, you know, instruction. So right. somehow you have to combine, and if money makes it equal, which is probably the only thing that can be done to make things equal anymore, is the uh, fee that you would charge. Is that and that? I mean, I we don't have to settle it here. That's no, for sure. we, we won't. <laughs> I was wondering if there, you knew of any prohibition of a school district charging those people. No, I don't. Uh, there may okay, be one. Well, to me, that I don't see no problem with that, other than the reluctance. Like you said, if a school district is that insulted by leaving us, but yet I want something from you, which I see is good but I can't get that at my school. I come to you, please help me. And they say no, because we're too full. Well, that could be. So normally then the Christian student wouldn't want to go to the fullest class. He might seek out a different school district where that wasn't a full that's, or overloaded class. That's certainly a possibility. Yep, certainly a possibility. Right, yeah. 
Just wondering but, some one, of the basics about that. Don't well, know. While, while we were talking, uh, one of our emailers, Rob, sent in an interesting question. He said, don't those parents, meaning the ones who chose to put their kid in parochial school, don't those parents pay taxes to support public schools? And the answer is yes, they do. Well, there you go. They're, already, they're paying double. Yeah, and they are. They're, they're not getting the benefit, uh, technically, but I, I see... Yeah, that, that, I didn't even think of that. Thanks, Rob. But that's by their choice, though, Joe. That's by their right, choice. I understand that. I understand that. But but one of the basics is, if you look out for the education of the child, who the parents want and the child wants a more religious uh, teachings or involved, that's part of their overall education, but they can't get the AP class, I would hope that our society would embrace that child rather than try to block them out just because they rejected the whole school. Well, it's a good position. Good idea. Thank you, sir. But, Appreciate uh, your call. I'm not saying, yeah, that's <laughs> ideal, but uh, it may not be happening. It may be along the lines that uh, your article, which I, I didn't hear the complete thing. That's when I picked up on uh, radio. Well, it's available on uh, Penn Live, and it's written by John Boshi, who covers this area for Penn Live. Hey, thanks okay. a lot, Joe. Appreciate your call, as always. Sure. Take care, sir. Lance, you're on the mark from Herndon. Hey, hi, guy. Why, you know, a fellow said something about you the other day when they were discussing, you know, that Mark was no longer with you. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> and he said, well, you know, Rush didn't need a co-host either, did he? So... No, he didn't. I don't know how you'll take that. But he but had he had Rush had a lot of producers who would get a content for him. You know, <laughs> this isn't that big a budget of show. Oh, Rush okay. made a lot of money for a lot of people over the years, so he got a lot of a lot of fringe benefits that uh, don't filter down quite all the way to me. All right. Well, anyway, here at the Bleagle Shikalimi, uh, they were faced with uh, quite a different quandary when it came to uh, getting talent, you know, for the uh, sports teams. Uh, the coaches wanted to avail themselves of the talent that was in the parochial schools. And the uh, school board and everybody, they were kind of fighting them. Uh, I was in a paper hero several weeks ago, and I thought that was rather unique. Because usually it's the other way around. You so know? they were trying to recruit out of the parochial schools. No, another yeah, correct. For oh, what? Yeah. For just for sports or for anything else? Uh, I'm not really sure, but it was the sports uh, coaches that were uh, you know petitioning to have that done. So hmm. how much more? I have no idea. But it was uh, definitely uh, you know in that article. That's very interesting. I, I didn't see that, um, you know. But I guess it could go both ways. If school districts needed somebody, they would try and get the kids back that they lost, if you will, to the parochial schools. Yeah, a lot of folks didn't want the uh, competition. Uh, it's sort of like that, uh, uh, well, when we were taking a like, race you know, over merit, it was the same deal. What we wind up is with his uh, media, mediocrity when we don't use merit as the sole uh, you know, criterion for uh, a position of uh, whatever. 
But I think the, I, the the question I have is if you have if you have decided that you want a different type of education, you've decided that you want an education that's parochial, or your parents decided, whoever decides it, and you you're taken out of pub, the public school system and you're put over there, and then you want to cherry pick other things from the school system, is that fair to the extent that it may take away the what a kid in the public school system can do because you've now put somebody in who isn't there and they're maybe better at something than the parochial than the public school kid and so the parochial school kid gets to do that but then the kid who's there all the time doesn't get that benefit doesn't get to participate that doesn't seem fair to me does it to you whoa <laughs> yeah i mean you must get uh, talent from where you can get talent I mean, and what the team winds up with is a team that wouldn't be as good. And I guess you want to sacrifice it for mediocrity. Why? Well, I guess you can do that. Well, yeah, but still, uh, I think it's it's fairness. In other words, if the team, if the team would rise or fall based on the kids who are there in the school district, or the educational program would rise or fall, the test scores would rise or fall based on how well the kids who are actually in the school district do. Now, I think you and I both understand that there are many instances where parochial or religious schools get higher higher achievements, or you will, or high, better results than public schools. We're not. We wouldn't argue that, would we? Well, no, that's for sure. Not. Okay, so, and that's why all these people want vouchers to pull their kids out of, quote, failing public schools, unquote, and put them into uh, other forms of educational opportunities. So having made that decision, why are they not content to live with it? Well, because they're paying for the, if, if you want to make it fair, then you should say that those parents who will take their kids out of public school don't have to pay public school taxes. Would that be fair? It would be fair, but it would it would run counter to what the stated goal of public education is. In other words, your your goal is to give every child an education, give them the skills they need to cope in life, give them the ability to succeed. I would hope the ability to think on their own and make their own decisions. Yeah, but if the kid who was uh, taken out of public school was in public school, would they? be expending in that public school a whole lot more money than if they were not there. Well, right? <laughs> how many angels can dance on the head of a pin? Yeah, but I mean, you can't deny that. You no, really can't. you can't. That's like I can't see how vouchers cost the school district any money because if that kid was back in school, it would be costing them a whole lot more. Like here at Lime Mountain, a kid that's here in school, it's costing us eighteen thousand dollars a year, and if the kid leaves, it's what fifty five hundred. Well, you know? I, I'm not certain. I understand where you get those numbers from. Well, because that's what the numbers are. Fifty five hundred. <laughs> what it costs fifty five hundred dollars? Are they save fifty five hundred dollars if the kid know, isn't there, or they lose fifty five hundred dollars if the kid isn't in their they, school? They'll they'll lose. Uh, well, no. Uh, we yeah, would cost yeah would cost the school district fifty five hundred instead of eighteen thousand. Hmm. You know for the voucher. Okay, well, I still submit to you that our best bet is to make public education viable, make it successful, and, you know, if people choose to go somewhere else, let, let it be for some other reason than that the public school system is not doing its job. Could we agree on that? Huh? Well, 
Yeah, but in the long run, all we're going to come up with are mediocre kids out there that are going to have to compete with uh, Chinese and the whole thing. But if so we, we make have kids who can't, uh, you know, cut the mustard. But if we make public education good, if we make it strong, if we make sure that they're educating kids, yeah. if we reform it, and I will agree that public education does need some reformation. If we do all that, aren't we aren't we uh, ensuring that we're going to have a better class or a better, well-educated group of kids going forward? Well, we're going to have to convince the teachers' unions and the Democratic Party. Well, I don't think we convince. I think we legislate. I mean, it's got to be done if we're going to if we're going to have a strong public school system. Reforms have to take place. I won't argue that with you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, sir. Hey, thanks, Lance. Appreciate your call. Take care, sir. Five seven zero seven four three nine five six five. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com or text us at seven zero two three six. But be sure to include the word OTM in your uh, at the start of your message. We have one call coming in, one pending, and as soon as the producer clears it, we'll get it on the air. Um, again, five seven zero seven four three nine five six five is our toll free number if you have a cell phone. And good morning, you're on the mark. Hi, um, we have children, we've had them in several situations. Our homeschool district, um, we left because we wanted an FFA opportunity for our children that wasn't possible. So in that transition, we are owned by the school district that they're taking their FFA in, and so they participate in sports there. But prior to that, when we were cyber-schooled, so we could compete in activities across the country with livestock and horses um, and did cyber school. That time we were still owned by our home school district so our sports were played for that home school district. And one of the reasons that you're still owned by your home school district is because if the children who were in cyber school were saying uh, that they were excellent at a sport if they all made one team, no one would beat them. And the same thing with FFA. When we were in cyber school, we were not allowed to compete as the FFA from the cyber school because that school district, that cyber school district, would be unable to be competed with from the other children because they kind of had the cream of the crop active kids cut off the top. Mm-hmm. And they provide a lot of hands-on things that you could go and do things in specific locations with maybe a better quality experience if you had to go places to go get it. But the opportunities for a, child, for a child who wanted that opportunity, they could have the opportunity to go get it. Do you see what I'm saying? I understand, yes. So the reason why a cyber school student can't just pick to go wherever they want is because you could stack a district with all the best football players or and that's why we were still owned by our home school district when we were cyber but when we transitioned then we were owned by the the high school that the children go to now for all their sports and activities but they're still not in that school district as far as daily instructional work goes they, right they are they are now because the only way so they're at Danville. So um, there's a lot of quality FFA programs around, but from where we live, that's where legitimately we should go. And it's an excellent education. So they are currently in Danville School District. The only way you can do FFA cyber 
is if you're in the Danville School District Cyber Program, which we would not qualify for because our home school district has their own cyber program. I got you. So we couldn't be cyber and Danville FFA because there's only one way into the Danville FFA program and that, you see what I'm saying? Yep. And we couldn't do that because of our home school district having their own. And like when your home school district has their own cyber program, you can't really do like PA cyber, which is in no way, shape or form the same education because PA cyber was much harder in many ways and taught many more life skills like tech writing and uh, a lot of media and public speaking things that the children had to do. Not that they don't at Danville, they absolutely do, but um, it was just the education between our home school district, cyber school, and PA cyber were not even compatible. Okay. Jackie from Pax Sinus, thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate your call and your insight. Very much appreciated. Thank you, ma'am. Have a good day. 570-743-9565. We have two callers hanging on. We have to take our last break. It'll be a quick one, and we'll be back with more of On the Mark. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Yeah, I'm so stressed. Our business is growing. We've got people all over now. Uma. What is that? Meditation? I'm recommending the Uma cloud phone system with auto attendant and more than 50 features. Uma? Yep. Switching to Uma is a cinch. Just $24.95 per month per user, plus taxes and fees. Uma. Now you're feeling it. Find Small Business Calm at uma.com slash radio. That's O-O-M-A dot com slash radio. To prove that mobile from Pantella Data Business Voice brings the office everywhere you are, I'm to connect with my team while falling 15,000 feet. We're here, boss. We hear you loud and clear. Thanks, Janice. You know, companies today need affordable cloud-based unlimited calling, conferencing, mobile synergy, and easy upgrades to grow with your business to keep you, well, truly mobile. Pentella Data Business Voice. Anywhere you are. Janice? Yeah, boss. Yeah, I'm going to need a little help. Hi, this is Season. For over 100 years, the Purdy Insurance Agency has been protecting families and businesses of the greater Susquehanna Valley and beyond. With the experience of our trained and knowledgeable staff, you can rest assured that your needs will be evaluated and met by some of the industry's best representatives. No matter what your insurance needs are, call Purdy Insurance today at 570-286-5855. Visit our website at purdyinsurance.com or check us out on Facebook to see what we can do for you.
Welcome back to On the Mark. We have two callers holding. Time for more. If you want to give us a call, 570-743-9565. On the Mark, brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company, selling more cars, satisfying more customers since 1915. And let's see, next up is uh, Cindy from Shemokin Dam. Cindy, good morning. You're on the mark. Good morning, Joe. Um, for those who don't know, some years ago I served on a school board, and I'm actually acquainted with the issues surrounding in, the, in this area because I was on the extracurricular committee. Senator Gordner, as I recall, got a law passed back, you know, back in, um, I don't know, 2008, 2009, that said that by law here in Pennsylvania, any student attending a cyber charter school or a brick-and-mortar charter school must be allowed admission into the extracurricular activities of their home school district. Now you couldn't, for example, my kids couldn't join the Southern Columbia football team, but they would have to be allowed the opportunity to participate in the Sealands Grove football team since we live in the Sealands Grove school district. Now the student would have to meet the criteria of participation, which would be attendance, and if there were academic expectations, they would have to meet those criteria just like those students who were enrolled in the regular school district. I'd like to remind everyone that charter schools and cyber charter schools are public schools. They are not private schools. They are funded through tax dollars. The, Lance earlier was talking about uh, the money and the student. so. Although this is unique to every school district, some school districts get 70% of their funding through the state and federal government, and local taxpayers pay 30%, right? Lewisburg, in sharp contrast, gets about 25% of its total funding from the state and federal government together, and then the local taxpayers bear the vast majority of that obligation to fund their school district. Let me point out that if a student in a private institution is requesting admission to an extracurricular in their school district, their parents pay taxes that fund the school district just as much as the parents who send children to the school district pay taxes and the people who have no children attending the public schools also pay the very same taxes to, to support the public school district. The very same. But if you pull your kid out of public school to attend a charter school or a cyber charter school, the funding that the school district loses is the state money that would have stayed with that kid. But the local taxpayers are still funding like that kid is there. Well, John Bogey's story uh, out of Williamsport has to do with state college area school district. Right. And it involved a religious institution, a religious school kid coming back and wanting things from the school district that um, the school district alleges would have deprived opportunities of their, for their students to have. I understand that, but don't those... I'm assuming, I'm assuming that that kid lives in the borders, within the borders of the state college area school district. I think that's probably a safe bet. Yep. Right, right. And they're getting funded by the local taxpayers as though he or she showed up every day in the local school building. But they don't. Their parents pay a king's ransom, I'm guessing, to send them someplace else. Yeah, okay. 
So I, I think that it's, they should have the opportunity to utilize those services. Ironically, there are kids in ev- most every school district, the school district feels they're unable to meet those special needs of that kid or the kid is in uh, legal detention, et cetera, et cetera, and they cheerfully send those kids out, and we all pay the taxes to send them to private institutions. This all becomes very uh, twisted in my mind. Well, you and said if it takes a king's ransom to put them in these private schools, why not uh, charge a king's ransom to us taxpayers so we can have the same thing in our public schools? I'm not interested in paying a king's <laughs> ransom, Joe. Thorough and efficient are the words in the Constitution. Okay. I don't believe that every child is entitled to every dream they have be provided by their neighbors. I believe there's a basic education that it benefits society to see to it that everybody has. But, for example, I would never support building an indoor swimming facility so we could have polo while down in Montgomery County there are some school districts that have polo as a part of their extracurriculars. But that this becomes untenable then. Well, it's, we'll give you the last word. We have another caller we have to get in, so finish up. It really doesn't serve society to exclude people in this manner, this student. If, it seems to me it's an opportunity for the school district to sell its wares to that student in the hopes of bringing them back to the school district. Fair enough. Hey, good point, Cindy. Thank you so much for calling. All right, Bill, you're the last caller of the day probably from Bloomsburg. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Well, <clears throat> this, this is why uh, you can't let government control uh, your kids. Like, parents should have a choice and and to do what's best for their child whether it be uh like these larger schools with the libraries and, and the junk that, that that that's supposedly heard in different states if you have a right to take your kid out you should be able to do that and 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 and, and supervise your child and and to get the best that they can now you have to understand there's many many great teachers and, and i idolize many of them but then there were some knuckleheads that were just there to get a paycheck. And in the government funding, when Ridge was in there, the, the schools had to produce certain averages to get money. And, and if the school kids were failing these uh, on an average for a certain curriculums or overall, the funding was in jeopardy. So you had, you had teachers that couldn't teach they separated the smarter kids in, into the higher learning classes, but then the other kids were the day before a review. With the teacher would go over every answer, and if you had a good a good uh, memory, you could go. You got the answers the day before the test, and just uh, the, the teacher has to stay up to speed that they're producing. All right, hey, Bill, stuff, thanks a lot. I mean? Yep, we're out of time. I appreciate your comments, sir. Next time, call earlier in the program, and we'll get you on and give you more time. Hey, thanks so much for being with us. We'll be back next Monday with On the Mark on WKOK. Uh, give us a call early in the program. That way we can give you more time for your comments. 570-743-9565 is the number to call Monday. On the Mark brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. This is WKOK, Sunbury, Pennsylvania. You're about, but you want your Dan Patrick. Well, good news, he goes everywhere with you. If you missed the show, you can podcast it. If you want to see.